Hey everyone, welcome to the New Media Show. My name is Todd Cochran. Of course, I'm joined by my co-host, co-host Mr. Rob Greenley. Rob, how you doing? I'm fine, Todd. Doing good. Doing good. You know, do a do a good show today. Yeah. Bring it. You know, and I, I've uh, I've slowly, and maybe not slowly, but it kind of came to a head this week. Come to a conclusion. Mm-hmm. Podcasters need a lot of help. They. It's, it's, no, it's beyond number one, they don't understand, um, fundamentals. Mm -hmm. They are, it's, it's just to me appears, I've done so many, so many consulting calls and I'm often struck by, really, you didn't know that? or you're not doing this, or, I mean, again and again and again, and I've been keeping a list. I've got like a running document, and I've got like 30 items in the document that talk about, you know, this very issue, and or not talk about, but are just, and I keep seeing these themes, so I put a little check mark next to it each time the theme comes up, and I think we have a real fundamental issue in the podcasting space of, a lot of the podcasters just knowing podcast one-on-one stuff. So, and, and they've gotten so much, so much bad advice from a variety of sources. Um, I talked to a guy the other day, they've spent six months and they got 25 episodes in the can and he wonders when he should launch his show. And I'm just like, well, I said, listeners can only consume one at a time. You got mm-hmm. 25 in the can. Let's, let's go, you know, let's, let's start the show. We'll put a couple up and then every week you can put one episode up. And he says, what do you mean? One, one a week. I said, well, then if you want to put two a week up, that's good. Put two up a week and, uh, and keep recording. I said, but you know, what is your pacing rate going to be? Once you get these first 25 out, are you going to be weekly or bi-weekly? And he said, well, I'm going to do one, one a week. And I said, okay, well, let's put the first two episodes out. And then one a week we'll put in. He was like flummoxed. (laughs) I talked to someone this week that was talking about, um, the cadence of the shows that they were going to put out was once every six weeks and was concerned about, you know, how, how to grow his podcast. (laughs) I was like going, you might want to, you know, to think about it maybe at the most, maybe once every two weeks, but uh, once every six weeks, you're probably not going to grow your show. No, nope, nope. It's, it's, you know, you've got to be, well, consistent. I, yeah. I think weekly is if, you know, yeah. I, we did a study years ago where we saw the shows that do weekly shows grow at a much faster rate than shows that do biweekly. And we also show that shows that do two shows a week have a tendency to have a little more advantage. And now if they can right. maintain it, they have a little more advantage in the shows that do a week, once a week. Right, right. So, but I, I'm just, I, I'm actually quite concerned. Very much concerned that we have a, and, and what that's going to cause is just, and here's the amazing thing. I talked to one gal and her assistant. They've got a great show. Great numbers. I kept telling myself, you guys are doing great numbers. 
mm-hmm. five, six thousand downloads on some interviews. They're doing marketing. They're doing everything. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm like, you guys are doing fantastic. You do realize. And so we had this conversation. So I don't even think they understood how well they were doing. You know, I said that the, yeah. the, the, the to, from, from getting from five to 6,000 that listened to you to 25,000 that listened to you per episode might be just because of a few things. And without, I don't want to reveal it. I asked her to listen to the show. Hopefully she's tuned in. Mm-hmm. Um, but the title of the episodes, they didn't understand the difference between having the title of the MP3 file, which does nothing for you. So example, they were writing 001 dash and then a whole bunch of text dot MP3. And, and then Thinking I'm that that was going to help them. Right. Well, they didn't right. No, no. So then on their episode late, it was episode 001 in the same text. And some of it was quite long. And so I, I, I you know, I, I tried to do a simple example of, you know, please understand. And we've talked about this a hundred times on the show already, write a distinct, you know, a precise Mm -hmm. episode title that someone's going to search for. If it includes the author's name and some topic, that's great. Interview of name and topic. Right. And I said, you're just, I said, you're already doing fantastic. I said, just maybe that little change will gain you another three, 4,000 listeners per episode. So, and, but they, she didn't understand then that the media file, she said, well, that, I won't know which episode it is in my stats. I'm like, no, 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 The media file name doesn't change. So it's just some fundamental things. I understand people don't understand. Yeah. Mike, Liz, hi, how are you? So I don't know, Rob, there is, there's a need for just fundamental stuff. Um, you know, I, well, I think that, I mean, it explains a little bit why we've seen, you know, the host, uh, anchor add at a lot of shows over the last six months too, is, you know, the need to simplify this process yeah. and automate things and make things easy. And all this stuff is, you know, is attractive to a lot of people but, um, because there is a lot to learn in podcasting. But you can make it easy to publish. Right, right. But it doesn't still give these fundamental things. You know, as a blogger, for me, it was all natural. And don't get me wrong, everybody, as a horrible blogger. <laughs> well, yeah. But fundamentally, I, mean, I knew how to write titles and... Yeah. I mean, I don't know how we change this situation because I think there's an aggressive and large scale effort in the podcast community today to educate podcasters. I mean, um, there's all sorts of, you know, podcast movements. It looks like it's going to relaunch their university, um, you know, initiative, um, you and I, I mean, so many others focus on trying to help podcasters and, um, do educational stuff and help, help people as best we can. Um, so, so, and there's all sorts of people that I know in the space that are doing workshops and doing trainings and doing, you know, and I guess it's indicative, I guess, of the complexity of the medium, um, to do it well requires a person to have a lot of very specialized knowledge and skills, um, that most people don't have. And if we're attracting a lot of new people to this medium, 
that don't have the time or the willingness or even is it the willingness? I'm not sure. I think it's just knowing where to go and who to ask, I guess, or I don't know what the real root cause of this Todd is. I mean, I don't think that it was a big issue in the early days of the medium. Um, I, I, I think the, as an example, I carved out, I usually do 30 minute free consults mm-hmm. and this one turned into one of them turned into about an hour and it really kind of, I was, I was overlapping some stuff. So I missed part of another meeting because of it, but mm-hmm. the, and I only scratched the surface with them. I, I got like right. five, cause then I had explained again, you know, why this is important. And it's, right. you know, and again, I know you and I have the advantage that we've seen everything over 16 years and fundamentally think that, you know, this, there's a, all this information is out there public and they should know. It's just like people that listen to the show. If you've been here 425 episodes, you know, everything, Rob and I know everything. Yeah. I mean, just because it's out there doesn't mean that people, um, know what they need to to know. I think there's a lot of things about podcasting that people just don't even know that they need to know, you know, or right, right, right. That's true. Very fundamental level. It's, um, it's knowing, um, to ask the right questions. And I think a lot of new people don't even know what the right questions are. I think that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So the goal really then, you know, the job we have to do is, we have to tell them what they don't know. And, and we're pre- always, I mean, Todd, you and I are always looking right. for pathways to them. I and, mean, and, and that's why, why I've been so active in clubhouse and these new platforms that are right. reaching people that are, that are new to podcasting, have an interest in podcasting and want to learn. There are a lot of people out there that want to learn, but there's also a, a confusion around the uh, availability and the the reliability of the information that's being shared. Um, And and I think that that's an issue. That's always been an issue in this medium that, you know, people get into doing podcast consulting work that they don't even have a podcast or have never done a podcast. And and those are the kind of things people see it as a business opportunity. Um, We look at it as a little bit differently than Mm -hmm. that, but it's, you know, I do the same thing, Todd, that you are. I do free consulting with podcasters um, every week. I mean, right. I, get, I do, you know, 15, 30-minute calls to help people just kind of get to the next step, you know, or um, understand the big picture of what they're doing. Um, because I don't know that a lot of people know where to get that that's trustworthy. So, And it's not just being shared with them as a pitch to get their money. Right. My, my approach, I've got some ideas on, on this topic and we'll see, we'll see if I can muster enough energy to, to, to make it happen. But I think that, um, we, we need, you know, Mike says in the chat, we, we can't save them all. No, 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 no. I think that's the wrong, we have to save as many as we can. And give them as many. Now, here's the thing. You, you, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. So if we make the information available, lay it out in bite-sized chunks of information that people can consume and wrap mm-hmm. their head around a little, at least make them think. Make them say, 
hmm, am I doing that? It's just like going to a conference. We go to a conference. What do you try? My goal going to a conference is every time I go to a session, I want one actionable item from that. Right. And so I hope people that listen to the show get one actionable item out of this show. In the last show, we kind of were, you know, we were kind of uh, two grumpy old men last show. And that happens. It does. And today, you know, I woke up on the right side of bed instead of the wrong side of the bed, but largely because, yeah. you know, I, I put my head down on a pillow last night and went to bed real early. Cause I just knew I was emotionally and mentally done for the week. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I, I don't know. I just, uh, this is, it's, tr- it's more than troubling me. Now, I hung out with Evo the other day on uh, on Clubhouse, and there was a few people that came in, and just in that short, and there was a you know a couple ladies that asked some questions. You know, they had good questions, mm-hmm. and um, but in that time, I was on the for an hour, and I I, I got off, and I was like. Oh, I felt like falling over because it felt like I was, what's the better word? Swimming upstream. Yeah. 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 I've done those, those, those Q and a sessions with, you know, a hundred people, 200 people or whatever. And they just go for like two hours straight. And it's just one podcasting question after another. Right. And after, I mean, it was just, and, and some of it, and you know, it, and it's okay, but, yeah. but I, I think, you know, I'm going to definitely, you know, if I'm going to be doing any clubhouse events, I'm going to do it with a, with a group of people that I absolutely trust. Yeah. You know, um, and I'm not saying the group I was with Evo, the there was a, you know, the Addy from Simplecast and Dave and Evo and me and it, it was, you know, they all are great stewards of the podcasting space. So I I was, you know, I had no issue there, but it it can get a a little, um, you almost feel like, oops, they said something wrong. And even though it was minor, you want to correct them. But sometimes you just have to kind of let some of that smaller stuff just kind of go anyway, because maybe no one is going to, you know, the, mm-hmm. the action item. And again, this wasn't from one of the four of us. It was from another gal that came in and made a comment specifically around um, transcripts and, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, how to use transcripts. And I was like, ooh, 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 you know, don't, I'm thinking, Mr. Oh, don't, don't do that. <laughs> this is bad advice, you know. And yeah. Evo kind of covered it, says, listen, you got to massage the transcript. And, you know, so he kind of came in behind that conversation and, and, you know, did it in a way that was probably more politically correct than how I could have done it. Because I would have said, no, <laughs> you know, don't do it that way, you know. Right. Um, so because people's sensibility, because you can come across as an asshole. <laughs> yeah, you can. You know, you, you know it all. <laughs> And, you know, you don't want to get accused of mansplaining or anything like that. So you have to, you know, there's this, there's this fine line, <laughs> you know, right. that you have to, you have to play in this, uh, in this arena. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, I think to be helpful, you have to be respectful of the other person. Yeah. Um, well, I was prior to jumping on our, our show call here, I, I was on the, uh, the clubhouse, um, session where Dave Jackson was doing his school of podcasting, uh, live on clubhouse and live with Jim Collison as co-host, um, on, on the other end of Dave's audio. So he was doing it through his regular live show that was available on, you know, that was available live on all the live platforms right. as well as clubhouse at the same time. So I thought it was interesting to see it used that way. Um, Dave was the only one on, on the clubhouse. Um, Jim Collison wasn't on clubhouse. Oh yeah. That makes sense. Um, yeah. So it was one of those things that, you know, every once in a while, um, Jim would, would jump in, in replacement for Dave's comments. Um, so you could kind of see how the, the dynamics of that was going to work. And, and Dave was just bringing up one guest at a time to the stage. Oh, so there wasn't like this big group that's smart. Um, up on the stage talking so he could have like, so in any complete control, right session or segment of the conversations, he would only have Jim Collison himself and one guest. Right. And then all the people were just listening in the audience, which is what I did. I didn't, I, I didn't get pulled into the show, but <clears throat> I was only on there for, for just a few minutes. Um, but I thought it was an interesting use, um, to have a pool of people almost like talk radio, right? Where yeah. you pull yeah, a guest yeah. in and yeah. can, can ask a question that can contribute to the show. And I know Dave is always loves that that the element of getting the audience involved in his show. And I think he, he found a way to <laughs> use clubhouse in a way to, I guess, more effectively do that. And so I could see some advantages that I could even see that with this show. I mean, cause we've, we've called out to our listeners many times to call into Skype and cause we've got an extra line there yeah, and yeah. join us. Um, that hasn't happened all. And it's ha it happened a few times the first time, sure. but to have that happen like every week, to have a steady flow of people that can just jump in on the audio side, almost like talk radio, yeah, callers, you know, first time caller, long time <laughs> listener, kind of kind of deal is. It's certainly it's an intriguing use for it. Um, I, I'm just so, trying to figure out how I would wire it, right? So that I would have to make the roadcaster a mix minus of its own. <laughs> You know, yeah. I, w I would have to think about how, and that's maybe I just answered my own question. Maybe that's how I do it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. It's just like, it, it would be comparable to plugging in your computer to the mixer, right? I mean, yeah. Be, yeah. Because I want to be able to keep this portion normal. And I mm -hmm. guess if I had, let me think about it, an audio into the, to the, to the roadcaster than the return line coming on mix minus. Yeah, that would work just like a computer. Yeah, it would, it could be done. Yeah. Yeah. I think you'd have to get an adapter for your iPhone that would split the audio out from the, Unlo the well, I don't think I put speaker, I, the listening side from the, the question the is, do I run the iPhone over Bluetooth? That's the next thing. Hmm. Well, you have a roadcaster, right? Right, you right, right. That. But, but I do know that the audio quality is not that great on the Bluetooth connection with the roadcaster. Yeah. I never use my phone directly tied into the roadcaster just with the, with the plug. So you can do that though. So, Hmm. 
need to go look online and I'm sure I've got the adapter here, but, but yeah, wiring the phone is the better way to go. And I do like to build, you know, it is an interesting concept. So the thing is, what you're doing is, is you're not recording on, on, uh, on that platform yeah, per, per se. Well, you are. So, you know, they don't like, again, did Dave disclose in his. Yeah, actually Dave was, I mean, it was in the title of the session. Recorded says, podcast. Ask, uh, ask a podcast coach, um, recording. Uh, in bold letters at the top of the title of the episode, then every time he pulled someone up on stage, he asked them very specifically, is it okay if we record this conversation? Oh, so, so he was asking each person that. Right, right. So it was really, you know, that was part of the entry process wow, that, that Dave was doing. So that gets a little repetitive, though, for the, you know, if you have a podcast Just a audience. Quick question, you know. Okay. Right. Yeah. Hi, Eileen. Welcome to the show. Thanks for uh, checking in on Facebook. Appreciate it. Yeah. So, so, you know, maybe, maybe we experiment with that. I guess I'll have to play around here over the next couple of days and see, see if you can get the audio out of that. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a good idea anyway to get that figured out. Yeah. Um, have you got a roadcaster on your do side, Rob? Do, do, do I have a roadcaster? Yeah. No, I don't. I'm, I'm oh. still using an analog mixer. Okay. But I have a, a really, really high end audio interface it's a portable audio interface that basically takes the analog signal and you know what we got to do is usb see you What's could that? you could run it down that side so we need to get libsyn to buy you a roadcaster mm. <laughs> you're always you're always looking to spend libsyn's money aren't absolutely you? <laughs> i'm doing you a favor here i'm getting you a roadcaster so that you can handle the the clubhouse side and i can just be the tag along Let's see. Oh, is that what you're, okay, I get it. I get it. Yeah, yeah you're already doing enough on your end, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is true. It's so true. It's, you are, you know, juggling a lot of hats over there with all of the. But, you know, so that right. would be unique. You running the clubhouse side, I'm running the live side, and, you know, you bring it in. Yes, yeah, there could be a way there. So just, you know, tell tell Lisa that you need, you know, 600 bucks. <laughs> Oh, Lori, not Lisa, Lori. Yeah, Lori, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I I believe me, I've thought about getting a roadcaster myself. Oh. Just uh, well, this is a, to have a know, better better tool. I've it, had this Mackie mixer for, I don't know, 10 years now. So that, that's a viable business expense, Rob. You know, so I, I know it is. I know it is. I mean, I could do a lot more stuff with it. You guys um, are rich over there. You guys can afford a, a six hundred dollar uh, Mackie mixer. Yeah, you guys are. You know. Yeah, I feel sorry for uh, uh, what's going on with Pocket Cast right now. Speaking of being rich, oh my um, god, they got uh, they got tossed to the curb. Yeah, so you know it's they're they're a little bit of a victim of I I think you know a lot of these big companies entering the space is my. My thoughts, and I know James James Cridlin was a little critical of them for not doing as much, you know, keeping up with the the times with what was going on with the podcast uh, 2.0 stuff, with all of the tag support and all that stuff, right. you know. Which, which I don't, I don't. I mean, I think that there's a lot of great stuff going on over there with that, but you know, I'm not sure that supporting the podcast 2.0 thing is going to somehow turn around Pocket Cast um, as a 
as a listening platform. Well, here's something uh, to think about, right. though. Right. NPR said their share of the expensive pocket cast was $864,000. Now, yeah. that, and they only had a 36% ownership stake. So that means that pocket cast was costing them $2.4 million a year. W- what is that? They're not hosting any podcast. They're, they're, they're an app. They, they're, they're, they're off the Apple podcast directory. How, how could have it been 2.4, 2 2.4 $2. $2. $2. $2. $2. $2. $2. $2. $2. $2. $2. $2. $2. $2. $2. $2. $2. $2. $2. $2. $2. $2. $2. $2. $2. $2. $2. $2. $2. $2. $2. $
And I know, you know, I'm sorry I'm putting it on you here a little bit. That's okay. But, you know, Rob had some valid points. I'm not saying he didn't. Yeah. No, I I think if you look at the individual um, tags, right, I think that's, that's where, um, that's where we just really get practical about it. Right. And I think Rob was too. And I, and uh, there's, there's good and bad with some of those tags and that's just the way it is, you know. But Um, again, this was never, ever, ever. Just so so let's preface this is they don't care if Apple ever adopts any of these tags. They don't care. That's well, not they shouldn't. That's because not the point. They have no control over that. Because much of that work is to help podcasters. Right. Not to help Apple or Google and those of us that decide are going to support some of that stuff to help podcasters. And in the right. end, if we can help the app developers, that's too. But I've said from the beginning. If the app developers don't implement, if mm-hmm. the blueberries of the world don't implement, this is dead. We have to implement some of it. App developers have to implement some of it without, yep. and it's not just Blueberry, Buzzsprout, Podbean, Libsyn. If we don't adopt and the app developers don't adopt, this is dead. Right. It'll have minimal impact. Right. So... We are, here's what, here's my, here's my, as us as independent content creators in companies that support independent podcasters, it's up to us to see if we're going to help our podcasters. If it's going to make sense for something that, I don't want to build something for 3% or 4% yeah. that will use it. I, you know, right. I have to look at it from that perspective too. Yeah, I think that though, I think that there's other things coming in the podcasting space that we're going to have to start thinking like that. Um, yeah, we're, there's going to be segments of this industry that need different support um, that, that's coming. Um, and I think it gets around the distribution models. So there's going to be platforms that are going to pop up. They're going to want a certain segment of the podcast community, not all, you know, and I yeah. think that's, that's, that's another element that's going to come. That's going to change the dynamic of this medium because we've always been taking this position that, uh, it's like a level playing field, right? Everybody has access to every opportunity. Um, but that's not the practical situation, but but you look to the future. Podcasters are worried. Independent podcasters are worried about the commercial entities that are coming in the space and what it means for them. Right. And if they get discouraged and quit, because of those entities, then yeah. the whole ball game changes. So we collectively as independent podcast creators need to make sure that the independent podcast creators think that they're being taken care of and catered to and provided opportunities. We can only do what we can do to try to help right. so much. Like I said this morning, when I started the show, when we started the show today, you know, there's as much need for education as there is for features. Yeah. Yeah. And it's walking this line of, of, uh, making things easier for podcasters too. from the standpoint of walking the line of, of, um, control versus ease of use. And I think it, that's a difficult line to walk. I mean, it's not easy for a platform like you or I to, to make it 
brain dead simple and have powerful features Well, and powerful functions because, you know, it takes knowledge to use powerful tools. It does, you know, it doesn't take a lot of knowledge to use simple things, right? To, to make it dead simple with opportunities to take advantage of powerful features is key. Right. Because we've learned that Anchor made it dead simple to get started, but they, I'm not going to talk because I'm going to give them a business plan. Right. But. They didn't create the other end. (laughs) Yeah, I know. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, but that's where, that's where our platforms come in is offering those more uh, professional features. Right. Yeah. Um, of those that want to be aspirational towards being professional podcasters, you know, and I, yeah, it's a, it's a delicate line to, to walk here. Um, yeah. So I, again, I think that we just do the best we can. We're not going to save them all, but we should try to do our best to educate and inform and help them make right decisions. And if they've taken a shortcut already on ways to, you know, the thing is we've seen that shows there's very few shows that have been successful in taking shortcuts. So, you know, I just look at myself case in point, Rob, you know, I, I was, regardless of what we have today, I, I had nary a clue when I started podcasting, I just started talking and learned as we went and build an audience and gain knowledge none of it was available we we made the shit up as we went so i posted something in podcast movement that it really kind of hit home where i basically said listen you know longevity and consistency and superior content will will always win the day in the long run and but at the same time the space is you know how many times you see the same question asked in Facebook forums, sometimes on a daily basis, the same questions asked five times. And it just tells me that no one is doing any type of search, doing any type of research. They just want to be foon sped. And if, okay, if that's the case, then guess what we got to do? We have to foon speed, foon, you know, spoon feed these, these folks to give them bits and pieces of information they need. But it's, it's giving them that information when they're interested in learning it is right. the issue. Right. And often, um, and oftentimes you right. can't save them once they're down a certain path. Cause they, well, yeah. And yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not a crisis. No, I, mean, I think no. we've been, we've been, you know, working in this for, for a while. And I think when we get back to, hopefully we get back into real world events again, uh, we can, we can kind of move on this a little bit more, but I don't, I mean, are, are a lot of these people going to show up at podcast movement? I'm not sure that they are. No. Right. No. So we're going to have to reach these folks through, through the social platforms, just like what we are right now. Um, And conference and digital virtual conferences are not the key. Are not the key, the, though they're helpful. 
because a lot of these folks aren't aren't going to go to a in-person podcast but, conference. But at the same time, the value the value I've gotten out of virtual events since the beginning is is yeah. great. And then I see conferences, forthcoming conferences that are have insanely priced sponsorship levels. Well, let's and let's be clear what we're talking about here. What we're talking about is you know, growing subscribers to our platform, right? I think is what we're talking about here. And I think what we should be talking about here is how we educate podcasters, um, that are never going to come to a podcast movie right. in person event. Yeah. We have to do it online. That's what yeah, I'm trying to say. Absolutely. Um, that's the only way that we can do it. Um, and it takes a lot of time and a lot of effort, you know, and if you and I are doing a lot of this stuff, we're, we're spending a lot of time doing that when we should be doing some other stuff. But, right. Um, and that's, that's the tug of war that I'm in right now is that there is such a need for that out there. And people look to us to help, um, because people trust what we say. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's hard to replace that. You can't, you, you can't just conjure up people that have that level of trust with people. Right. It's and built over years of being trustworthy. In which regards with individuals that are listening to you or no trust in us that we're oh, going to yeah, give yeah, yeah, yeah. people good, good, reliable information about how to do this stuff, right? how to do podcasting, um, yeah. that will cut through the, the, the ulterior motivations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The motive, the, the agendas. Now, granted, if I'm going to do training and I'm doing it on my own, well, I'm going to have an, and if, if I'm not doing it as part of an event, you know, you're going to do the same thing. You're going to steer them towards your business and to host with you and everything else. You know, we're going to, but at the same time, we're not going to, blow smoke up their butt and give them bad right, information. Exactly. If it doesn't, I mean, if they want to do a live show, right. You know, a live show that turns into a podcast, yep. I think we all know where to point them. But, yep. Um, you know, so their strengths and weaknesses of each of the, each of the podcast hosting platforms yeah. and being knowledgeable about all those strengths and weaknesses is helpful. Uh, when you're talking to people, um, I mean, obviously I want people to host with us and same with you. But like we've said many times before on this show, if, you know, there are times when pointing people over to you makes sense, you know? Right. And vice versa, you know? So anyway, I don't think anything else going on. I'm just, uh, it's interesting. I got an email. I can't read it online, but. I'm going to respond. Go ahead if you want, if you've got something here. Yeah, I was just trying to look, look, look something up here. But I mean, it is getting a little overwhelming right now with all of the, I mean, I'm, I'm still trying to do, um, uh, you know, get in with groups that are outside of the podcasting space, um, to talk about podcasting. Mm -hmm. Like I was on a, on a live show, um, called office hours. Yeah just the other day, um, with, um, with a group of kind of technology. Are you familiar with this group, Todd? Which group is that again? I'm sorry again. It's called, um, office hours. No, not a clue. Oh, okay. Um, 
but anyway, it's a, it's a live streaming kind of, uh, YouTube live, live show that people all call in via zoom mm-hmm. and they do, um, like pre-show main show and post-show conversations. And this runs like three hours every day. Uh, and they get hundreds of people, uh, watching, uh, on this. And, and the whole purpose of this whole thing is to talk about, um, media production, mm-hmm. you know, video. So like there's like 10 or 12, um, basically co-hosts that, that are on the main show. And then the audience writes in questions, okay. uh, and, and they, the group of audio producers or audio and video producers, some out of Hollywood, some out of the technology areas, all, all the stuff, all give answers to people that are coming through with questions. So I was on that show yesterday, um, talking about podcasting and talking about production. So like we talked about the, the use of a teleprompter, um, uh, with doing something like what we're doing here. And many of the folks on that, uh, show, um, we're using teleprompters as well. Hmm. Uh, and, and they talked about making your own teleprompter, um, actually using a much larger monitor and a much larger screen. So yeah, like the small one I'm using here creates, you know, it's like a nine inch flat screen kind of, kind of monitor that sits in my teleprompter that I'm seeing you on right now. Um, but having one that's like maybe a 24 inch or something like that. So you can look right into the camera and still see the video. Right. Right. As you're talking into the camera. So those kind of topics, um, is what, what they were talking about on the show. And I thought it was very interesting, but getting involved in other groups like that. What are you doing? Todd? I'm taking a picture so you can see what I have here. Let's see what you're doing. Yeah. And, and it's certainly it's, it's blurry. It is blurry. So, um, let me try this. I mean, it's certainly okay to have like a monitor that's right above your camera. Now I can't see anything. Oh yeah. You can't see it, but uh, the audience can. Oh, they can. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, having a monitor just above your camera, um, mm-hmm. is, is good too. Cause it keeps your eyes up l- looking at the camera. And I, I, that's what I was l- looking for too. And then also as we were in, this is not podcasting related, but the framing of the video that you do and what your background is, these guys felt like you shouldn't have a busy background. <laughs> so in what you should have is a, um, something that's, that's very consistent in color and, and pattern behind you. It could be like an accent light that's shining up against the wall or something like that. That's, you know, it's got a little bit dark in the background and then you have lights in front and well, it just uh, creates that depth. Um, the background gives things. people that are new to the show something to look around at. It is. It, it's a, well, this is what their point was, is it, it's a, it's a distraction from you as the host. Oh, well, I want and them to listen. Also, not <laughs> Go ahead. Also. If it's moving or changing color, or if there's a lot of color up there, if you think about the video codecs, mm-hmm. um, it takes away from the clarity of the image of you. Mm. It's because it's busy working on other areas of the screen and not, especially if there's any movement, right. um, like blinking things or whatever. Like I had, you know, prior to this, I was doing that blinking color on the wall behind me and, right. and it was right around my face. And what they were saying was, is that, that, 
that creates a, a blurrier image of me on the video camera because it's always having to adjust behind me. So, um, so just little tips like that. Um, I, I thought were very interesting. I thought about the whole concept of, um, creating a more consistent color or background with like maybe, um, uh, a, you know, a light shining across the back. So it created mm-hmm. like a little pattern behind me, but to keep it simple. And then also they said to frame your video image, right. A, 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 a little bit closer, right? So you're, you know, your, your image Todd is perfect for what they were saying, right? Right. Get up close, become more personal. Um, you know, my image is a little, little small and I'm and, sitting back from my camera until I do this right. um, until I do that. And I, of course you can't see it. I brought you front forward. The yeah. cha- the, what you have to work on, Rob, is you're in the bottom half of the frame. You need to get it so that you're either sitting higher in the chair and that your head is closer right. to the top of the frame. Top right. of the frame, right? Yeah. So that's I'm going to make some changes to to improve that. I think it has a lot to do with my teleprompter right now and how it's positioned. Because it looks like the um, camera's looking down on you a little bit, and what I have well, right, it's just high. It's just high. So my oh. My teleprompter is actually right at this level uh-huh. where it probably should be like down at maybe this level. Your whole camera needs to be down or you need Wrong. to be up. One of the two. Right. 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 So it's just making little tweaks like this. And this is what they were. This is the kind of um, help that they were giving. They were giving, you know, and then how to do the lights and how to do the shading behind it. And a lot of these guys, when they were doing their videos, um, um, it just looked terrific. What they were doing was great. You know, they had good, clean images. Uh, it was very sharp. And they were also, a lot of them were using the, uh, cheek mics, mm. you know, the, the yeah. skin color yeah. cheek mics. Yeah. Um, and I went and looked those up. I don't know. If, I've got if one. They're not show it, those things, but they, it, I was blown away how expensive those they're very were. expensive. Yeah. Like, you know, $800 mm-hmm. or $700 yeah. to get, get a really good one that sounds yep. probably as good as this microphone. I've got one that's about 400 that, and it's a little cheaper. It's just a wrap around that comes down like that. Right. Exactly. And you can wear a, you can wear a band in the back, but I found just wearing the wrap around and bring, I use it over there. Matter of fact, I'll put you full screen and I'll, I'll show everybody what, what I'm using in the other room. Yeah. So, I often think, you know, if you're going to do shows like this, maybe that, maybe is a better thing for us to use than these big boom mics. So, yeah. Cause I, I mean, if you think about the aesthetics of the video, if you want to have more people watching you online, you probably have to think about what you're doing with the video. They felt that the, the closer image shot, right? Yeah. Um, would is more personal, right? People feel like they're, they're, they're talking to you at a, at a Starbucks or something mm-hmm. like that versus if I'm sitting back kind of like what I am and I'm talking on a big boom mic, it, it, it looks like I'm talking in a studio and maybe I don't want to look like I'm talking in a studio. Maybe I want to look like I'm sitting across the table from somebody at Starbucks. Yeah. I, you know, here's the deal. Yeah. Right. <laughs> they, they're, you know, we're doing a podcast. And, I know, and, and, guess, so and guess what? Primarily audio. Right? 99% of the people that listen to the show listen. Or maybe well, not but 90. That's not necessarily true because 
it's like 20% is video. Right, us, right, right, right. I mean, if you look at the video right. podcast part, yeah. not the live part, if you look at the live part, I mean, but we're not counting all the replays that happen off of Twitter, right, Facebook, right, right. Twitch, you know, all of the places that have us on instant replay. I mean, I would go in, I think I see on Facebook on a regular basis that by the end of the week of each of the episodes that we have, I th- we're, we're, we're pushing probably 200 replays right. on each of those platforms. So that kind of adds up. It does. I, I, I don't, you know, I think that, uh, you can spend a lot of money. Yeah, you can in a hurry. And what, you know, what's the margin of increase in. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That's a good question. I guess it's, it's something that a geek would do. Yeah. You know, but this, <laughs> you know, and to be honest with you, this thing's annoying. It's got an XLR. Is it? Yeah. It's got an XLR. And then it wraps around your ear. And what I'm showing here, everyone, is it's, this is by, um, oh, I've got two of these. It's by Countryman Associates. Countryman. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Countryman. That's, that's, that's one of the more popular brands of it. Right. They actually were re- recommending the version of it that had two ears. So it it could do like what we're doing with our headphones right now yeah and you go across both your ears versus um just on one ear because what they said was the one ears tends to move a lot oh right and that's the country in your head or whatever they tend to move a little bit yeah most of these do not have um i think this is the model i have i'm guessing this is about what i whoops hang on six uh, it's about $300. And, and again, you can spend a lot of money on these things. This is the older version. I've had these a number of, oh, I didn't show it. I've had these a number of years. You can't yeah. see it, Rob, but let's look yeah. at the other one, the E7 version. The problem is, is with those, you, you know, you still have to wear a earphone. Uh, most of them don't have an earphone built into them. Yeah, because the, they're designed for presenters up on stage. Right, right, like that. right. That's where most of the time these things are used is when you have somebody on stage yep. doing a live presentation. Yeah, the one I have is definitely this E6 series, uh, the E6 Airs. And it sounds pretty good. And matter of fact, here's the strange part, Rob. I was having challenges in the demo room. And I just couldn't get the quality I wanted in there. So well, because we're used to doing things with these, right? right? So we're always comparing. Yeah. So what I did is I put one of those uh, inline. Michael, help me out here if he's still watching. See, we lost it. Things on. We went down on Facebook. Oh, we did. Yeah, we did. Let me look here. Isn't that the shit? What is the deal here with? Yeah. Let me recycle the. Don't go away, anyone. Well, they're already gone if they're on. Let me recycle Technology them. Technology doesn't always work. That's yeah, and just recently away. here, it's, it's Facebook. is it, The last couple of days, I don't know what's going on with, uh, with Facebook. Now we're going to have two videos again for Facebook. Mm. Oh, yeah, that sucks. Yeah. So anyway, the... 
And I just wonder if Facebook has changed something. Because I had this happen the other night when I showed the screen. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering if that is what's triggering something on Facebook to take the stream down. It's when I show a third-party screen. Oh, so they're detecting it? Maybe. But they're not sending me any warning that there's any issue. So a lot of our people jumped over to uh, YouTube. So that's very annoying. So now we're going to have two halves to the show. Those of you listening are irritated because we're talking about this. But let me refresh that and... But yeah, right about the time I showed off that screen is about the time they, they bumped bumped me off. So I have to do some experiments now and see if that's what's triggering it. If it is, then YouTube is going to be short-lived here for this show. <laughs> Our Facebook is. Or Facebook, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I guess that's the, you know, going back to these headsets. Um. You know, but that's a lot of money for a podcaster to spend $328 for one of those. And that's not even including the wire because you have to, uh, it's just just a little piece. When you order $328 gives you this piece, it doesn't give you the connection. That's another 50 or 60 bucks, you know, so they make it so you can run it into multiple things, probably run it into a wireless system and everything. So, right. Hey, Todd, I just um, found a, an article put out by CNBC. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a tech article talking about Spotify. And, and this is the headline. Um, Spotify's big bet on podcast is failing. Ooh. City says. Says the key point says Spotify's multimillion dollar bet on podcasting may not be working out. City analyst wrote in a note to clients Friday. The idea was that by bringing exclusive content to the app, the company could strengthen its advertising business and attract premium subscribers. Yeah. But now analysts are are looking for, for the company to show that the investments were worth it. To date, we have not seen a material positive inflection in app downloads or premium subscriptions. Right. I'm telling the audience where else we're normally live at. So if this thing drops off again. There we go. So I guess Spotify is coming under increasing pressure from the investment community. That's the second second article on that there was another one from some business journal that was saying the same thing oh was there yeah Yeah. so that's the second you know yeah so what does uh so there's some concern are they on are they a public company uh yeah Mm -hmm. so uh, what do they do what exchange are they listed on let me look let me see here if I can find it. Uh, they are on the New York Stock Exchange as spot. And mm-hmm. um, their stock hasn't gotten hurt too bad. Their 
in the past, well, let me look at. Well, it was down year. here yesterday. Um, well, it's it's been up percent, but everything is down. Right, you now. know, it was one hundred twenty-two dollars uh, a month ago, and right. you, is that right? Am I looking at this? No, 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 no. So March of twenty twenty, it was one hundred twenty-nine dollars. Right now, they're up to three hundred forty. So their stock hasn't been hurt, but they did go down twenty-two dollars the previous trading day. Right. Well, and I talked to some analysts, uh, this was probably a couple of years ago that called me wanting my, my input on the thoughts around Spotify's investments in right. podcasting too. And I think the many of the, of the investment analysts were skeptical, um, that it was going to be something like, you know, uh, of a boom for Spotify, um, well, they haven't. They haven't been gaining market share. They've. They've. They have uh, topped out. Matter of fact, mm. they went the other way with us. They went down. So, yeah, and there's, there's, there is competition coming too. So it, yeah, you know. and that was additive audience. That wasn't necessarily mostly additive audience. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't, yeah. you know, a lot of people are listening on apps and stuff didn't move to go over there. Some people did. I know some people moved immediately to Spotify. Mm-hmm. But. You know what you're right. It's, it, it's not as rabid as it was in, in the early days. I, I agree. It's kind of mellowed out a little bit. Yeah. Hey, Brett, thanks for joining us. Matt. Yeah, I don't know what happened with the live. As soon as I showed a screen, YouTube took, I mean, Facebook took me off. I took this, yep. took the stream down. So we're going to see if they're not liking screens being put up or something. Well, and like we have, I think we've talked about a little bit in the past is that, uh, I think the assumption early on when Spotify did this is that there would be a decrease in music royalties that the company would have to pay, uh, because people would shift from listening to music over to listening to more podcasts, but that's not what actually happened. Mm. What actually happened is the music listening is continuing to be steady or up, uh, and the podcast listening is up. So it just means that more people are listening to more content on Spotify. It doesn't mean that the Spotify is saving any money on music royalties. Right. So, um, which we thought was the, was their, their kind of monetary strategy there. Um, that's not the case, which means that they have to make money like they've said here uh, on advertising and premium subscribers. So mm -hmm. you, you can kind of see where that's, that's really uh, what the business is. And the deal that they did with Joe Rogan, from what I gather, wasn't really an advertising deal. It was a content access and exclusivity royalty deal. Wow. Um, so, you know, uh, it wasn't a advertising deal per se. That's interesting. Um, I think it was a, a play that very similar to what, um, Stern did with uh, Sirius XM. Right. Uh, it's trying to take a very popular host and put them on an, on a paywall. Mm -hmm. um, and that's that that was the game over there, you know. And and we haven't been talking too much about Sirius XM Pandora too much lately, but they're they haven't gone away. <laughs> but here's the thing too: they also have, yeah, you know, almost no market share. Right. 
though I think that there's there's probably there's probably going to be some movement on that here in the future. So we shall see. Yeah, they did buy a lot of uh, I what I consider to be fairly quality companies in the podcasting space. You know the the whole Stitcher thing mm-hmm. is an interesting acquisition for them. They included um, a lot of talented people in the podcasting space. Um, so, but they do have this challenge that they have that they have three listening brands now. So right. they have Pandora, Sirius XM and Stitcher to contend with. Um, and I haven't seen them really do anything, uh, with like shutting anything down. So I think they're maybe going to continue playing a three prong strategy here. Well, they have to at yeah. this point. Yeah. So I, you know, I just, um, uh... Every time I look at movements by some of these big corporations, I always, back in my head, know that we have to watch where the money is because if there's an assumption by, let's say, for example, analysts, that Spotify is not going to be able to turn its podcast investment into profit, podcast uh, Spotify, number one, will be pressured to, to divest or, or monetize more. Or monetize more. And if they Which monetize... My guess is probably what they're going to do. Right. And if they monetize more, then what happens to all of those podcasters over there raving about being on Spotify and then have their content monetized around? I think very, very quickly, attitudes will change. Because all of a sudden, if you go and listen to your show on Spotify and there's three ads run before your show, which they, in all rights, could do. And let's say in this show or my personal show's interest, they run a Bluehost ad against my show that has GoDaddy as a sponsor. That's going right. to be a problem. Right. But you're probably not getting a huge amount of listeners over there anyway. I'm not, you? but I'm just using that as an example. Right. Yeah. You know, for, for sake of argument, but what happens when NPR and all those other folks have their content monetized around, you know, they probably have agreements that they don't do that, but the average podcaster will not. Again, this is all speculation on our part here, folks. This yeah. Is, this is no guarantee. This is what's going to happen. But so, so the challenge then really is, all right, what if they divest? What if they get rid of some money pits? What does that mean though? Does that mean that they sell some podcasting assets that yeah. they acquired? Is that yeah. what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, if it, yeah, I mean, I suppose that's, that, that's a possibility that that could happen, I suppose to try and get some of that investment back. So I don't know what, you know, companies are so far, you know, a couple of years, they give these experiments a couple of years to turn around, turn before they, you know, they throw in the towel, sometimes longer than that. And then sometimes they can't find a buyer. You look at what's going on with AT&T. They can't find a buyer for their multi-billion dollar, you know, drag on the company with their satellite TV operation. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, they're trying to get rid of that. 
I can't get rid of it. No one's to buy it because it's a pig. <laughs> well, I know that, it, you know, you start looking at wireless access to the internet and I know Mr. Elon Musk has got an initiative yes. he's been working on for many years that may challenge a lot of the, um, the wireless providers too. Well, you know, where I live in rural America, I've got 90, $90. Did I update that? I thought I did. Oh yeah, I did. I've got $90. Let me look at what I'm doing here. Oh shoot. Okay. So 90 bucks that, uh, I spend in each month with my, with my, with my provider. And, uh, guess what? Um, it sucks. I'll give $90 to Elon Musk just for doubling in speed. Yeah. I mean, he's planning on l launching a bunch of satellites that are just going to circle the earth. He already has, you know, so last, well, he's been launching them. Right? Yeah. And they're in beta test and, uh, I'm hoping in the spring here sometime that we'll get the opportunity to, you know, to, to, to test. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, what's going on? And that could change the dynamic of how we think about internet access. Right. Now it's not going to be for everyone because it's not going to be as fast as wired in any shape or form. Oh, yeah, you're talking about fiber. What the hell is going on? I've got all kinds of slow internet issues. It's just... I've been, I've been noticing that lately here, too, or things have been going down a lot lately. It's very, very weird. I'm trying to grab something, and it's just not cooperating whatsoever. Because when I, I didn't update the... Uh, oh, my God, come on. Todd, have you been keeping an eye on this company called Verbal? Verbal? Yeah. V-U-R-B-L. I've heard about it, but no. So what's the story on that? I don't know. I've, I've, I've been hearing that they've been reaching out to some podcasters lately. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I have kind of heard about that. And they have a, a site. If you go to vurbl.com, uh, they have find yourself in audio. So let's do a search for this show and see if we're in there. I'm trying to do an update here on a page. So, so we're in there, Todd. Interesting. Uh, it says search millions of free audio files, including audiobooks, Bible, podcasts, radio, and others. And they have uh, links to our shows, the video version of our show, as well as the audio version of our show. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see if we play the video version of our show, what do they actually play? Don't pick and the last, don't pick the last episode. Cause I had to put in a, um, well, a, they're not keeping up with our episodes. Hmm. Um, the last episode that they have listed, um, wow. Is from November 7th, 2020. Interesting. 
and let's see here, and they're not playing the the video; <coughs> they're playing the audio version of our video show. Episode four twenty six uh, didn't have a video portion to the show. Something got corrupted. I'm going to check it today when I do the editing and see if I can fix that file. Oh yeah, yep. But anyway, I thought that was interesting. I don't know that much about them, but I have heard that they're they're trying to be uh, like an audio search engine. I also heard there's a company out there that's trying to lock up the top 200 shows. What was that? Let me go see if I can find. So when you say lock up, what does that mean? That means put them under license, put them underneath a, a, a paywall. Uh, paywall. There's a new player out there. Let's see. Who was it? Um, all right. So it was a tweet mm-hmm. from a guy by the name of Andrew Wilkinson, co-founder of Tiny. We own at Dribble, at Meta Lab, and 30 plus companies buying, starting, and investing in wonderful internet businesses since 2007 says we're looking to sign between one to $10 million contracts with top podcasters must be top 100 to do subscription monetization deals with supercast. Supercast. Yeah. I've heard of them. So don't know what supercast is doing, but it's, uh, I'm going to it right now. And it's, uh, it's a paid membership. Basically it's, it's, Premium member. Yeah. Paid membership to your podcast. Yeah. Oh, 59 cents per member per month. Uh, Call us if you're going to do a membership podcast. Blueberry can beat that price. Um, Yeah. So, so they're looking to sign again. This is the, this is the tweet. We're looking to sign one, two, 10 mil, maybe $1 to $10 million contracts with top podcasters must be top 100 to subscription monetization deals. Right. We guarantee a set amount up front. Revenue from partnership pays us back the upfront. Oh, so they get their money back. All upside split is 50 50. That's funny. What yeah. a business model, huh? Yeah, so you pay them back for what they give you. It's like a book deal. You're getting a book advance. So if they give you a million dollars, they have to get their money back, and then you get 50-50. The question is, do you then um, not, uh, you're not a podcast anymore? No, you're not. Yeah. Do they have a listening platform behind this? Yeah, I guess it's Supercast. So that's an app, right? Um. Yep, it looks like. So if, if we go to the App Store, can we find a Supercast? But again, you only pay the only the only thing you get on Supercast is paid podcast. Right. Yeah. So if I type in Supercast. Oh, they announcing the paid to podcast competition, over 100,000 cash and prizes, plus a trip to San Diego for lunch with Pat Flynn. Wow. 
<clears throat> yeah, I don't see an app. So it, it must be all web-based then. Yeah. <clears throat> How does that work? Uh, I'm not sure. I thought they had an app, or maybe it's a PWA. I I just did a search in the Apple Podcasts um, app store. Uh-huh. Didn't come up with anything. There's a lot easier ways to do premium membership for your podcast. Yeah. And if you can't get an app for it, um, when most people consume this content on mobile apps these days, uh, I don't know how this model works. Yep. So just so you know, Blueberry does have an app, two apps. Yeah. iOS and Android. Yeah, same with it's same with Lipson. I mean, yeah. I mean, you have to have it in a player experience that right, you have right. control over. Yeah. So you can't just. It's not a publicly accessible RSS feed anymore. Well, there's there's definitely layers. Again, yeah, you can add. Yeah. yeah. There's a like a freemium model. Is that what you're saying, Todd? No, there's different security levels. Basically, you can oh, have it yeah, accessible right. via the Apple Podcast app, but you get to a certain point, it can only be via an app. Right. Yeah. Right. right. That's true. Um, one thing I've thought about doing, Rob, with my show and my tech show, and actually I announced it already, is that, you know, I've got this donation model where people mm-hmm. are, you know, I call them insiders. And uh, I'm going to not do like an extra episode show. I'm just going to do a behind the, behind the scenes show. Basically, you know, talk about personal stuff more than I do and, and no guarantee on frequency. And uh, I'm going to give all my main supporters of the show and those that are insiders access to this private podcast and as a way to encourage or to, to thank them for their ongoing monthly contribution to the show. Mm-hmm. And, but I'm not putting upon myself, you know, if let's say I get crazy busy and can't do it for two months, mm-hmm. well, then I'm not committing to saying I'm going to give you an episode every month. It'll just be bonus as I can put things out that seemed would seem to be interesting. And so far the response to that has been decent. And um, so I'm going to probably start that here in the next couple of weeks. I've got to get it set up and implemented and then uh, get people's logins and all that going. But, you know, I think that there is um, for shows that are semi-successful, if you've already got some sort of, and I know a lot of shows are doing premium purely for a bonus episode. And uh, to me, that's just too much commitment. <laughs> so as an average podcaster, I've just decided to do, you know, something that wasn't tech related, but something more personal on the, on the, uh, on the bonus content. Mm-hmm. You also saw an interesting comment in Pod News um, from yesterday. Let's say, after an experiment, growth-oriented podcast host Captivate has stopped publishing one of their company's podcasts to YouTube. Say, mm. I guess Mark Asquith uh, wrote in a blog post. He explains that uh, the step they took and uh, in, in, in concludes that focusing solely on audio helps grow a more specific and focused audience rather than automatic repurposing to YouTube. I'm not quite sure that I follow that reasoning in some ways. Well, it's for us, it's just automatic. This is going to be up on YouTube and 
I mean, it doesn't take away from your audio. No. And, and if you know, have a look at the YouTube numbers, the YouTube numbers suck. You know, it's like 20 or 30 or something like that. I mean, I suppose you could, you could look at it from the standpoint that it, it doesn't help the publish over there because nobody is listening to it over there. Right. <laughs> but that, that's not what's being explained here. Yeah. Um, it's not what's being said. Yeah. I mean, that's been our experience anyway. Mm-hmm. It's just a way to get access to live listeners. It's or not going to right. It's not going to hurt, and it doesn't hurt. It doesn't take away from your audio. No audience at all. No. Yeah. So I'm not sure that I understand why they're doing that, or or if that's just a justification for taking it down off of YouTube. Yeah. And saving face a little bit. Hey, if you're <laughs> watching on YouTube, make sure you say hi. You know, right. that's another thing too. And there's two obviously two places. That you can do that. You can do that at newmediashow.com forward slash live, or you can actually do it on the, the YouTube channel. So, but yeah, when we went down on Facebook, most everybody moved over to to YouTube. And that's the beauty too of having different distribution points. When something goes sideways, you can. Yeah, there's alternatives. There's right? alternatives, yeah. I mean, yeah, versus relying on one viewing platform. Mm-hmm. Right. I agree with that. Well, um, yeah, there's lots, you know, it just, it just never ends. The amount of people that are coming in the space, the number of new competitors, it's a, it's an, it's an ongoing, you know, it's an ongoing thing here. Lots of money coming in the space. Podchaser got $4 million. And, uh, for what they do, I, I think that's just an incredible amount of money. They should be able to do a whole bunch of stuff with that cash. Well, the question gets back to is what is their... Do they have a revenue model yet? Uh, don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. So they're operating that whole thing on now investment money. Is that what's I, going on? I think so, but I'm also I, I can't say I'm privy to some information they haven't released yet. So yeah. they've got some big announcements coming, and we'll mm-hmm. see if they figure out a way to monetize around that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause so. you know, unless it's a play for acquisition purposes, um, that would be the only other potential business model. <laughs> so I, again, we'll see what they, you know, they're, they're, they're yeah, I, I just be careful. I can't say I, I, I'm not under NDA, but I it just, it's not cool to repeat what, <laughs> what yeah. I've been told. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. But, you know, I think they're trying to do the I mean, right it's a thing. Useful, it's a useful tool, useful platform. It, it, I think it depends. If if you're a solo show, it's not. Or if you're a listener trying to find somebody, maybe. But as a right. podcaster and you're doing hosts and you have guests, probably. Mm-hmm. It's a good tool. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I mean, it's a, it's like an IMDB, you know, and more type right. of platform right. for podcasting. Um, I think it serves a, a need in the marketplace with podcasting. Yeah. I, I don't know how popular it is with listeners though. That's, that's a much bigger question. <clears throat> you know, it's even our directory. Directory is not for listeners primarily. Our directory is mostly for podcasters and you know, we never, never really 
push hey, Todd, to, to be a listing platform. I was curious, uh, have you gone in and looked at the numbers, uh, of visitors to newmediashow.com? You know, it's I mean, something we, I haven't looked at. I got to think I mean, if I do it. I got to look and see if I've got Google analytics even hooked up. I'm sure I do. I need to, I need to look at that. One of the reasons that I'm asking is I'm just curious how, how effective, how many, what's, uh, how, how much traffic is a, is a podcast website actually getting out there? I mean, how many people are using it? Uh, is it growing because of Google, uh, or I guess it's going to vary a lot mm-hmm. based on how, what you're doing in your website, how, how core it is to your outreach strategy. Um, yeah, I'm just curious because yeah, I'm, I'm looking to invest in my own. I'm looking at, uh, let's personal see website. Let me at, pull this you know, down. Yeah. And trying to figure out if it's worth it for me to build out a whole new, better website for my uh, Rob Greenlee. Well, I've, I've got a confession, Rob. I've set all my, I've never set up Google analytics for new media show. That's okay. I mean, so yeah. that's something I add, I'll get it added. It's just, you know, I've never looked at the website analytics on, I look at it geek new central every day. <clears throat> you yep. know, I really, you know, that site I look at continuously to see, yeah, you I, know, I, I point people, you know, whenever I promote this show, I point people to newmediashow.com. Right. I don't point to Spotify or Apple or anything mm-hmm. like that. I should probably maybe do a little bit more of that, but, um, I don't know. I mean, I've always taken your approach of your website is the central place right. that you should drive people. And if they want to subscribe on Apple, you know, there's links there that they can do that. So what's interesting is geek news central. I get 73% desktop traffic and 22, 22.7% mobile. And it makes me understand be, why, because I get such a high amount of search traffic that comes to the website every day. And, okay. um, so you're, your website traffic for Geek News Central, it sounds like it's working for you. Oh, absolutely. Right. Oh, that's that's a key to all of it. What's the key to making sure that that has what it needs to be successful? Um, Rich show notes, rich, concise descriptions, and and time that your site's been online. And separate pages for each episode? Absolutely. Yeah. are people going to those pages? Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Okay. Because they're, you know, again, it's some, okay. So we've talked about this before. And matter of fact, I wrote a title, um, the other day. Now, let me read the title and I'll tell you, I, I lost the search engine war on this one. Um, I said, big tech takeover. Well, I'm, <laughs> everyone was using big tech takeover. You know, so I, I don't even Google didn't even like put me on the map. I probably page 25 or something. No. Uh, well, let me put an incognito window here because it comes up number three when I'm not big tech take. Oh, uh, I'm number three in search results for big tech takeover on my search. Rob, you do it yourself. Maybe it recognized my IP and see if you can see. Just do a Google search, big tech takeover. Even though I did an incognito window, it might have recognized me somehow. Yeah, you're number three online. See, that's that's like winner, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. That's 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 gonna be worth a hundred thousand hits. 
you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the number one is, uh, was it Berkeley school? Yeah. And, and number two is something to do the with spectator. a spectator. Yeah. yeah. And then so, you're number three. I beat the New York times. <laughs> and looks like public knowledge.org is right. Right in line there. And then computer world. Yeah. So, you and know, the, and the New York times is way down the list. 22 million, 100,000 results. And I'm number three. And your podcast actually showed up towards the bottom of the first page too. Wow. It did. Yeah. On Apple. So yeah, on, on Apple. Yep. So that's just, that's just one search term that that's one. That's, well, that's one episode, right? One episode. And there's 15,000 episodes on my website that are written with precise titles. Now some of them back in 2004, get no traffic. But so Todd on, on episode titles for this, I think we need to make sure we're always specific, right? Yeah. And our, our titles on this show are a little weaker. Right. Yeah. Because we cover all, well, you cover a lot of news topics and yours, but you're picking one out. Picking one. Yeah. That's your key thing. And that's probably what we should do here too. Yeah. And 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 it's not that you're not doing that. I just occasionally well it's one there it, that says the the news of the week or right yeah like and it's just like this one today i said latest podcast news i didn't know what to title the one from well, last we last show it yet, but well no 426 know. well the last episode i didn't know what to put in there you know oh, so yeah. you know what some shows do they decide the title of the show before they finish the show so maybe <laughs> yeah it, and that's well if you look at what uh, Leo Laporte usually does with he, you know, he does his shows live, right? Um, and he picks his title, does the show, and then he records the the title of it at the end of the show, right? 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 It's the same kind of thing that. And he's trying that, to. It's what he's trying to do too is come up with juicy titles, right? And sometimes Leo misses the mark on that a little bit. I think he tries to get a little too cute with it sometimes, and it doesn't doesn't resonate. Yeah. In my opinion, but he's, he's trying to find an entertaining title, not an impactful title. Right. Sometimes. So I, I, the last one four twenty six was latest podcast news. And where's that one at? Um, he hasn't had enough time to percolate. So. And that's probably not going to show up in any search results. Mm, it will. It just, will again, it? you got to give it a few days to percolate. So if I talked, uh, podcasting, if I typed in podcasts, what what was the title? Podcasting so, news. So yeah. So if we so example, if I do Danny Panic Gamer Tag Radio, let's see if we if we came up well, he, in his, well, his his podcast is going to show up. Well, let's we'll see if his inter, if his appearance here shows up. And let me look. Let me look where we're at. Uh, definitely not page one on that one. Let's go to page two. So I just yeah. did a search for podcast news in Google and it comes up, uh, NPR's number one. Right, right, right. The yeah. inside radio and pod news. Yeah. Well, we didn't break the, the seal on Danny show with this, you know, with the search result, but. Mm-hmm. So let's go down and do megaphone and listener privacy. The one four twenty four. Let's look at that one. Uh, and privacy winner winner number one 
number one search and it comes up the Apple podcast stuff comes up oh yeah yeah so that's a powerful domain getting listed off of apple.com is right you're gonna do well yeah yeah and then number two is listen notes uh their pickup of it but mm, yeah you're right so we got picked Actually, up two even, even higher than uh megaphone itself that's right yep so it's those kinds of things they you know it's and again you know you don't need a lot of winners you just need a few right there's some lessons there around um how how to grow the audience for your show I've been saying that for 15 years. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Preach, I know you have preaching to the choir. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you can say it enough, actually. Well, this audience knows. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Follow the formula. A regular flow of new people listening to this show. Yeah. Too. Tell and, t- and you know, again, replicate the formula that Rob and I have shared with you. <laughs> Go out there and train podcasters. Help us. Same theme yeah. as we were in in the last show, and we are over. So, yeah, we are okay. Well, sorry, those of you who are on Facebook where it dropped off. And actually, what we should do here is let me make an experiment. Let's see if I flip this. Okay, we're going to say goodbye to everyone on Facebook because we might go away. But let me put this screen up here on Facebook and see if they. If they drop us, <laughs> this is a test. This is a test of the emergency broadcast distancing. But I, while we're closing the show out, um, Todd at blueberry.com at geek news on Twitter, Rob. Uh, I'm on Twitter too at Rob Greenley. Uh, two E's, actually, total four E's in the Greenley. They killed it, and Rob. It, it killed it. It killed it. Soon oh. as there is something going on. So you can't. Put up anything on the screen that's it looks that's, like it. That's some Facebook has changed something. Wow. So you wow. can't show anything from like a browser or something. No. Like that. That's crazy. I think maybe you discovered something, Todd, that they may not want to have known. Yeah. <laughs> So interesting. I'm going to have to work. That just really, that really hurts me for my show, for my tech show. Wow. It's not like you can do a separate video feed. I could. It doesn't have that. I I could, could. but it's going to be very painful. Wow. Well, so, so what specifically did you pull up on the screen? I pulled up the new media show website. Oh, you did. Yeah. As soon as I did it, it killed it. Uh, okay. Wow. That's a, that's a big change. That's a big change. So I'm going to have, I'm going to be blogging about this because it's, it's, it's major. Yeah. I think we just broke some news on the show here. Yes, we did. So, all right, Rob, get off in here. Everyone, thanks. Everyone else is watching on the other platforms. Uh, 
Thanks so much. But uh, we'll see you back here on the new media show next Wednesday. And uh, yep. but be safe out there. Everyone take care. Okay, bye. All right. Bye.